Yeah. You know, there, there are some players that do like preseason even more, and they actually play for the Steelers. Chris Carter jumps on with us now, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And uh, let, let's start with some of these some of these veterans that want to play in the preseason. I'm seeing T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward want to get a little time out there. Is this, uh, is this something that we can expect to see against the Bills, some veterans for the Steelers out there? I hope so, because i got a lot of yeah, money on the Steelers. I don't hear you know? Chris, so we'll hold on a second here. I was going to say. Don't have him yet. We'll, I'll let Luke figure that out, and we'll see what we can. I'm here. There he is. Did you? Do you have us, Chris? I can hear you now. There All we right, go. Here right, we go. So there we go. Let's have a Friday. So can we expect guys like TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, who are pushing to play in uh, you know the preseason game against the Bills, will we expect to see some veterans out there for the Steelers? Oh, absolutely. I think you could, well, Cam Hayward, no. Uh, I think that he, he might be out there for a couple plays. They know exactly what he brings. And not that they don't know what T.J. Watt brings, but, like, Cam Hayward is, like, 34. He's been around the, the rodeo several times. I think T.J. Watt, they want to have, like, at least a series where him and Minka Fitzpatrick and Cam. Like, Ritter stick. Just for them, it's, I think, also for some of the new pieces that are out there so that they can at least work in sync in some live action. Because remember, they have basically a whole new linebacker core. Cole Holcomb, a guy that they added uh, for the Washington Commanders, and Landon Roberts from the Dolphins, uh, uh, Quan Alexander, they've added as well. They, they basically replaced their top three linebackers with veterans from across the NFL. And that's going to be huge for what they try to do is stop the run. And then also in the secondary, you got Patrick Peterson, who I'm not sure how much he'll play because he's up there in age as, as well with Cam Hayward. Uh, but Joey Porter Jr., this will be his first action because he missed the first game. Um, and uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, Keanu Neal, and DeMonte KZ, they all missed the first preseason game. So I, I think that this is more so for everyone to kind of get at least like a, a rough draft of how they're actually going to play this season. Chris, what do you think realistic expectations are? You know, it's a tough division, but you get the eighth easiest schedule this year. They were 2-5 and five last year against teams with a winning record, so I think they benefit right there. What are uh, some realistic, realistic expectations this year for Pittsburgh? I think that uh, from the outside, people are seeing like a 9-ish win team if they're lucky. But if you're around this team, there's a lot of confidence. The defense, they're confident that they're going to be able to be among the best in the NFL, top 10, top 5 even. Um, and the offense, I think they're going to be significantly better. This was a team last year that won nine games, and T.J. Watt missed two months. And Kenny Pickett was a rookie quarterback who didn't start until, what, week five. He came yeah. in in week four as a, as a substitute. The offensive line was terrible in the first half of the season. They started to coalesce in the second half of the season. You're going to have a better offensive line, especially with the addition of Isaac Samalo. You're going to have a more experienced Kenny Pickett who has looked much sharper in training camp, far above what he looked like last year. An offense that's going to open up because of that. You're going to have more of a running game because of the offensive line. Najee Harris won't be coming into the season hurt. And if as long as T.J. Watt doesn't miss two whole months, I think this is a team that can get double-digit wins uh, in a very reasonable manner, and I wouldn't be shocked if this team finished with an 11-win record, 11-6, and they were a, a wild-card team. I still see the Bengals winning this division. Um, maybe the Ravens, if the Ravens take it over, but I think that the Steelers are right up in the mix with a very competitive AFC North. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you um, about Kenny Pickett as well, because if you look at like his touchdown passing prop, it's a really low number. You could get, like, especially if you look offshore, you could find like a 17 and a half. And I know last year, seven touchdowns, nine picks. He's a winner, we know that. But do you think maybe 
You know, that was just because he was a rookie. You think maybe this year they kind of take the handcuffs off and open up the offense a little bit, allow him to push the ball down the field? Because I really like the wide receiver room, obviously George Pickens as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, go back and even look, also look when those interceptions happened. Yeah. Uh, most of those interceptions all happened in the first half of the season when he was figuring things out. In the second half of the season, he threw like one interception the entire time, and he was building up his touchdowns. And like you said, he was he was not taking as many risks. The Steelers were basically under the formula that was like, listen, uh, the way that this team is going to win is with defense, is good creating turnovers and not giving the other team turnovers to give them a chance to get back in back in the game. And that's why you they had such a limited offense because also because Kenny Pickett was learning it. But now this guy has been a quick study. I covered Kenny Pickett when he was at Pitt uh, for his last two seasons, and I saw the growth that the team had around him, the natural leader he is, the studier that he is. He's a student of the game of football, and he is ready to open this offense up. All training camp, they've been taking shots down the field, shots down the middle part of the field, things that they did not do too often last season. I think they're going to see an offense. You know, I, I bring this up a lot on the Locked On Steelers podcast, but uh, when you look at their numbers last year, they averaged 18 one points per game. That was 26 in the NFL. The biggest thing I think that if, if they simply have one drive a game that they normally would have a field goal from last year that they turn into a touchdown and make it a four-point difference per game, you're talking about 22.1 points per game. That doesn't sound like a whole lot, but that would have been 14th best in the NFL last year, which if they are the 14th best offense in the NFL this year and the defense is a top 10, top 5 unit, that team is going to be a playoff team. They're going to win a lot of the games that are on their schedule, and I also think they pull off some upsets over some of the better teams in the NFL. All right, Chris, so if we're talking about opening up the offense, could you see Kenny Pickett going over 3,300 yards passing and throwing at least 19 touchdowns this year if we're looking at his uh, his props market? 19 touchdowns. What's funny is I could see him scoring 19 touchdowns, mm-hmm. but yeah. not, maybe, not, maybe, maybe not throwing them because I do think that he, they're, they're going to use his legs. Kenny's a guy, he's, a, he's like a warrior. He's not afraid to put his body on the line, and, and the Steelers – have had to kind of talk him out of it. Like, listen, buddy, we admire the charisma of putting your body, the John Elway helicopter hit, but don't do that because we want you to survive. And I think that's one thing that the Steelers are going through right now is kind of finding that pace for him. Uh, but hmm, 3,300 yards, yes, I, th- I, I, could, I could absolutely see that with him this year because I think they're going to give him more range in the offense. 19 passing touchdowns? Maybe. maybe. I, I think that this is an offense that's going to be – they're going to work the ball down the field a little bit, and they're going to uh, – they're going when they get in the red zone, they're going to turn to their offensive line that they've invested into, and they're going to let Najee Harris and Jalen Warren work as a one-two punch that grinds defenses uh, and allows the, the running game to take over. Uh, so I, I don't know if he gets 19 touchdowns, but I think he's an efficient – but I will say this. This year, I think George Pickens has gotten a lot sharper as far as a player who can, one, win when people are trying to press him, but also win in trying to create yards after the catch. He's a really good uh, combat catch guy. Now he's added a lot of elements to his game with that and Deontay Johnson and the emergence of Kenny Pickett as a quarterback. There is a, I would I would say there's a decent chance that he that he gets over 19 touchdowns, uh, but I, I could also see them falling just short simply because they they were they're going to want to run the ball a little bit more. George Pickens is so much fun to watch. I cannot wait to see how he's grown from last year to this year. Uh, when it comes to Kenny Pickett, though, what is like the consensus in terms of what his ceiling is as a quarterback from what you hear, and maybe what you obviously see yourself too? <laughs> there's not a consensus. I'll tell you that right now because. In Pittsburgh, there's people like, he could be Joe Burrow. And there's people like, he could be 
Uh, Marcus Mariota. <laughs> the, the, the range of estimations. But I'll tell you this. I, I think Kenny Pickett, if all things were to work out, and again, this is not saying that this is what it, what can happen. I think he could be a Joe Burrow type because here's what he does that's very well. He sees the field so well. Like there's some people out there that say, oh, he can't read defenses. I'm like, then you ain't been paying attention. In the first half of the, of the year, yes. He was not reading defense as well, but he was also a rookie getting his feet under him on an offensive line that could not protect him. But as the season wore on and he trusted his offensive line more and they protected him more, you saw him process the field a lot better. In camp, he is seeing things a lot quicker. He's understanding where he needs to go. At Pitt, that was his biggest asset. Sure, he doesn't have the ball, the, the, the arm on him that he could throw a, a 50-yard strike on a rope, but he can still get it 40, 50 yards. He's just also very accurate with his throws now. He, you know, it won't be on a line, but he'll have the timing down. He's found ways to spit the ball in different pockets and different passing windows to his receivers. And he's also understanding how to throw to his different receivers. He knows, you know, Deontay Johnson likes certain balls a different way because he's a more of a route runner. He knows that George Pickens likes certain balls a certain way because he loves to go up and get it. Allen Robinson, same thing. They've developed a really good rapport. Pat Fryer, even Darnell Washington, the rookie out of Georgia, who's coming, who's coming to play. The Steelers have weapons, and he's getting used to things. I really think Kenny Pickett, his biggest factor that's going to play in his favor is how he studies the game and how he takes that study. The Steelers gave him an office in the in their in their uh, in their building in their facility where he studies film and he even studies film with Mika Fitzpatrick. They'll like go over stuff together uh, because Mika Fitzpatrick's also just a film study freak with, with how much that he goes over. Uh, but Kenny Pickett's a guy; he's going to be ultra prepared. And he's and again, this is just his second year. I don't think this is going to be the peak of any of of his career. But I think that if he takes steps forward, I think this year you could see a step up the way we saw a Trevor Lawrence step up to the Jaguars last year and then from there it's just about how much you want to keep it going and when I covered Kenny Pickett at Pitt that man he I, I covered games where he would break Dan Marino's records when he would break <laughs> Sean Watson's ACC record yeah. or when they would lose but no matter what happened if they lost the game to Western Michigan or if they beat uh if they beat uh Miami or whoever he would still just, he would just always be in the same place he'd be like hey you know what this game happened we have 24 hours to think about it, but then, but, but after that 24-hour period, we're moving on to the next game. I could never get that man to come out of his shell. Even when they won the ACC championship at Wake Forest, I'm like, Kenny, you finally did it. Can you give me some emotion? And he was like, I got to I gotta admit, Chris, this is kind of nice, but, uh, you know, I got to think about you know, what's coming next. And I'm like, come on, Kenny. Like, just be a human being for a minute. Yeah. That's what drives him, guys. He is just – he is so laser-focused on every next mission because he is that kind of a leader. That's where his potential is, is that he wants to be that guy. Chris, I, uh, I'm i thinking about sending you some money so you waste your Friday night and hang out for one more segment because now you keep talking about Pitt, and I want to talk about Pitt because my biggest bet of the college football season is Pitt. I bet him over 6.5. They're at 7 right now. I really like it. It's minus 115. You know, you bring up Kenny Pickett breaking records. I don't think uh, Phil Jerkovic's going to break any records, but I do think he's an upgrade over Keaton Slovis. And I do know that I he agree. had his best year with uh, Frank Signetti back in 2020, I believe, uh, at BC. Yes. What do you think, you know, their ceiling is this year? Because I definitely like them to win seven games, but I think they could be a sneaky team in the ACC. I really like Pat Narduzzi and what he's doing there. One thing that I, I just came from their training camp earlier today. And Pitt is deep, man. They yeah. got offensive line, they've got defensive line, they've got corners, they've got safeties, they've got linebackers, they've got receivers, they've got running. They've got every position lined up. Even their tight ends are are, are really deep this year. 
Phil Jakovic is going to be a good leader on the field. That's where I think Keaton Slovis lacked the most. They are going to be launching some bombs. Look out for Bub Means, who is going to be a freakish athlete for them at the wide receiver position. Yes, I see them getting over seven wins this year. I think their ceiling is 10 if they get red hot and they pull off some crazy upsets. But I think realistically, they have another nine-win season where they get eight in the regular season. They get a decent bowl game. They win that bowl game. And then they are, they're another nine-win pit team, which would be the third year in a row they've done that. And they haven't done that since, like, the early 80s. So that would be another huge accomplishment for Pat Narduzzi's Panthers. I want to jump back. We only got about 90 seconds here or so, but I want to get one more Steelers question in for you because I know there's a battle sure. at left tackle right now. Dan Moore Jr., Broderick Jones, the first-round pick. How do you see that battle shaping up for the offensive line in, for Pittsburgh? You, you know what? Coming into camp, I thought this was going to be Broderick Jones's job by like week week three of training camp. It has not been because Dan Moore Jr. has really stood up for himself, and, and not just because people are saying, "Oh, he's a veteran," but like I've seen that guy for the last two years get whooped by T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith in one on one. This year, he's standing up to them. He's like, "No, no, no! I've adjusted my game." So it's not that Broderick Jones is doing poorly; he's actually doing very well in training camp. But Dan Moore Jr. has just been very reliable. So the Steelers are like, "We can't just take him out." just because we do want to get Broderick Jones in there, but I think that Dan Moore Jr., he's held on to it. Now, what will what happen is we'll see in this, in this upcoming preseason game, do, do, do the Bills chew him up? Does he make in-game mistakes? If he does, that'll open the door for more Broderick Jones snaps. Uh, but Dan Moore Jr., hold on to the spot. I could really well foresee him maybe being more of a swing tackle that they move to right sometimes if they really want to plug in Broderick Jones. But it's a really good competition. Both left tackles have looked solid all through training camp. All right, I got 30 seconds for you. I'm squeezing this in. Steelers are favored to miss the playoffs, minus 160. Yes to make the playoffs, plus 135. Are they a playoff team this year, yes or no? They're a playoff team this year. They were 9-8 and eight last year. They missed it again with T.J. Watt missing two seasons. Kenny Pickett was a rookie. The offensive line was terrible. They, they had a lot of injuries. They are going to be much better this year. Again, I say 10-11 wins. They make the playoffs as a wild card. There you go. No hesitation from Chris Carter whatsoever. Great They're a stuff, playoff man. team. Take them at plus 135. Chris Carter, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Locked On Steelers podcast. Clearly, if you're a Steelers fan or even not, you should check that podcast out because Chris is going to bring everything. It was great talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on with yeah, us. Thanks so much, man.